Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. Who do you get to become? What aspect of yourself do you get to express? Your creativity, I get to be creative, I get to express care about people, I get to, Margaret, what you're doing is, instead of going there, you're going to the level of doing, and you're talking about the things you like to do. I want to talk about the things you like to be. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Up to this point in the series, we've discussed having a healthy level of self-interest and how important it is to use your job to become more of who you want to become. Because let's face it, most people spend most of their time at work full-time as half of your waking hours. And this includes both managers and employees, of course. When you experience the paradigm shift that the things you do throughout your day are designed to help you improve you realize that getting up and going to the office isn't just about collecting a paycheck. It's really allowing you to go to a place where every day you get to work on becoming a better version of yourself, your own personal dojo. This episode is from a recent weekly member webcast. Members get a ton of different ways to become better professionals, including attendance to the live courses I teach. Beginning January 11th, 2018, I'll be teaching an 11-week course called How to Manage and Be Managed, The Missing Manual. You know, management is like parenting. Many people do it, and they mostly have no idea what they're doing, but they somehow make it work. The result? Stress, wheel spinning, overwhelm, and millions of dollars in lost opportunity. This course is the missing manual, what we all should have been taught in high school. Forget everything you learned about management. You don't have to motivate your employees, you don't have to empower them, and you definitely shouldn't be supervising them. This course trains you in the basics of the clear and open management model, increase engagement, productivity, eliminate supervision and wasted resources. It's a counterintuitive approach I've been training leaders in one-on-one for over 15 years, offered now for the first time as an affordable course. While the course is about training management skill, it's also perfect for non-managers because it gives employees what they need to understand what a manager is doing with them and why it's in their best interest to help. For more information about the course, please go to clearandopen.com slash how dash to, that's T-O, dash manage, how to manage with some dashes. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get into the podcast. I wrote a blog about this recently. I'm sure you guys saw it or I hope you saw it, but yeah, that one question, I write about this all the time. One question. How are you using your job to become more the you you want to become? Now, it sounds like a simple question. It is a simple question, but people have a great deal of difficulty answering it usually precisely because of the conditioning. Because they've been trained not to think about developing themselves in that way. They just think of job and they think serving other. And the, the best self-interest most people can come up with is, well, I'll serve other and serve other and serve other. And then maybe one day I'll be at the top of the org chart and making a lot of money. And that's what I'm doing it for. Well, huh. and then you're free, right? When you're at the top of an org chart, 
Well, I have some news for you. When you're at the top of an org chart, it's not freedom. It's more responsibility than anything else in that org chart. It's really difficult. And the money doesn't cover it. So money doesn't buy happiness, right? We all know this, but some of us still need to experience it to really believe it. What does? Meaning. Meaning. Becoming who you want to become. Becoming who you feel you're destined to be. And getting to express that. That's what creates fulfillment. Questions, comments about this? Joseph? I would say for Lynn, um, since she said she has an employee that's not saying that it's not a career, it's only her job, she should offer her, like, uh, as you mentioned, question her what she thinks of her job. But then also there's if there's different areas where she can put her or try her out or like just rotate something so she can make an interest on her. Like put her in other roles. Yeah. Maybe try her out on other roles. Cause when I first started this job, I'm going to be 15 years working here. So when I first started, I started marking in, sometimes pressing items here, um, I would be a handy woman. I'll be in different locations, and I like that. But then I said to myself, ooh, I want to do the CSR. I want to be counter, mostly counter, because I know everything here is CSR. Everything here is customer service. And why did you want to do that? I wanted to be with the client face to face and I worked myself. Well, hold on. Why, why did you want to be with the clients face to face? I wanted to see their reactions, what kind of mistakes I was making probably when I was making marking in or any stains. I wanted to explain because I've had that training already. But why so did you want to hold on? Keep going. Why, why did you want to, see the direct impact you had on customers? Because I, I like that. And I wanted to work myself up there. Like what, I wanted what did you hold on? What, what did you like about that? I liked um, the interaction with customers. Okay. There's self-interest. And what is it you like about interacting with customers? Oh, just um, when I see them come in and them taking their clothes and seeing and trying to explain a little bit better of what our process is or what could possible, what it's not. I like that. I like how it, I explained or, or process to them, letting, giving them a little bit of information out there that I was seeing that it wasn't done before. And in what way did you get to become more you through doing that? Every day you meet someone different. And, and I like the way that every customer that I would help, like within a week, I remembered their names. Like I can call them by name. Or okay, pause. Pause, pause, Margarita. Pause for a second. I appreciate you doing this with me. Are you guys hearing what's happening here? I'm trying to get to Margarita's self-interest. 
And what is she doing? She's talking about everything but what makes her do it. Yes. What makes her happy or feel the need to actually do that. Yes. And that's fine. I want to just highlight this because when you do this with people, this is what they're often going to do. You want to get to the level of being. What is that for you? What do you get to have on the inside of you? Who do you get to become? What aspect of yourself do you get to express? Your creativity. I get to be creative. I get to express care about people. I get to, Margaret, what you're doing is instead of going there, you're going to the level of doing and you're talking about the things you like to do. I want to talk about the things you like to be. And it's fine that that's difficult for you. I wanted to highlight this because this is what you guys are going to need to do with your people. And it's not easy. You're going to have to say, why, why, why? What is it about that? What is it you're going to have to dig? Because they don't know. Mm -hmm. But before you do that with someone else, I can do that with you. This is how disconnected we are from ourselves, though. You guys mostly probably don't know this territory of your own level of being. Who do you want to become? What are you working on? That's why I like that question. What don't you like about yourself and how are you trying to change it? And how are you using your job to change it? Most people don't have a very good answer for that, which tells you what? You're selfish? Hmm? Not necessarily selfish. Could be that. Let's say, let's take 60 seconds here. In, in one or two words, what don't you like about yourself? What's an attribute that you would describe about yourself that you don't like? You have enough courage to say that here? Or are you going to let your self-image talk and... And not reveal something you don't like about yourself. Impatient. There you go. Impatient. Got one more? My organization. My lateness. Did you say vagueness, Margarita? My lateness. Lateness. Okay. Lateness and impatience. Great. Great. And Tony, you feel like you're disorganized? Yes. Great. Who else? I sometimes feel like I don't let the whole thought go through jump to conclusions great jumping to conclusions a deficit of critical thinking or going too fast something like that great who else unorganized disorganized and not sure of myself okay unsure okay terrific what else focus unfocus Mm -hmm. or need more focus okay what else sarah and bill is left no, I answered you. Oh, sorry, not Sarah. <laughs> Diana, and, Diana and Bill. <laughs> mine is impatience. Impatience, okay. Uh, I guess mine would be long-winded, so uh, I, I don't want to go there. Try I, to be I, succinct. What's that? Try to be succinct as you can in one word. I, I learned it just listening to you that I don't know what my worth is here other than I thought the idea behind me working, and I thought this was distilled in, in to me through my father, who was a hardworking man, and... Uh, you know, I hope to be half the man that he is. My worth here is to provide for my family. And, uh, and I'm providing for my family by being here and working hard and being a dedicated father and trying to prove to my family that working hard gets, gets you somewhere. Uh, and I'm trying to prove that to my team as well. And it doesn't always work. Yeah, because uh, it's not always true. That's why. Because working hard is bullshit. You see? <laughs> yeah. It's working hard only works inside a context of self-interest, focus, choice, 
you know, this idea, this is the American dream that, well, if you just work hard, anything is possible. <laughs> uh huh. That's the, what the man wants us to believe, right? Yeah, but if you work hard, you get what you want. You're raising the family the way that you want because you can, because you're working hard. You're advancing and it's seen through the, the corporation. Is that true? Yeah, I consider it. I'm, is it absolutely in every situation always true? That work, hard work is always rewarded? No, it's not rewarded as, not, as much as it should be. But should, should it be? What if the work you're doing is the wrong work? It's not okay. you, or it's not actually what the job needs, or it could be done smarter, right? We have this expres, uh, this expression, expres, it's part expression, part phrase. We have this phrase, uh, work smarter, not harder, right? So it's not, I'm not saying hard, a hard work ethic is not a good thing. I'm saying it's not the only thing. And so it sounds like your mantra might need to be work smarter, not harder. Well, sometimes hardworking is working smart, coming up with solutions for... Perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps. Sometimes trying really hard is actually working against you. Because if it's, it's quite possible and, and often very common, there are plenty of people who have weak work ethics and they need to work on that. But people who are hard workers tend to rely on their hard workedness too much. And they, for example, tend not to delegate very well. Mm -hmm. Does that ring a bell at all? Absolutely. <laughs> because sometimes it's easier to do it yourself. Yes. And that's the horseshit phrase most managers tell themselves. Actually, the hard thing needs to happen sometimes. Well, it's easier for me to just do it myself. Uh-huh. Easier for you. Does that mean it's better for the business? Not necessarily. What, what really is better said, it's, it's more comfortable for me to do it myself than to like actually look at what I'm doing, figure out how I do it, figure out how to phrase it, write a system action plan to give it to someone else, train them to do it so that I never have to do it again. Is that harder? Uh-huh. Also what's called for sometimes. So just notice the hard work conditioning because show me a hard worker and I'll show you someone who leans on their hard work ethic too much. The same way lazy people lean on their laziness too much. It's two sides of the same coin. So good. So all of you now have something to work on. How can you use your job to be more patient, more organized, more focused, more focused on working smarter rather than harder? That's it. Now, just don't forget it. Write it on a post-it, write it on your hand. Think about it every day. Your workplace is your dojo. The goal is that. You just happen to be processing clothes. That's just the content. But you're not processing clothes and you're not managing people. You're becoming more patient, more organized, more focused, smarter, more conscious. That's what's actually happening. That's the essence of it. And when you start to get the real flavor of that, the taste of that, then you'll start to be able to see how to do it for other people. But you can ask your employees tomorrow, who do you want to become and how are you using this job to get there? It may take you months with some people to really get to it. Now, 
I've been practicing this for a really long time. So I have the skill of being able to cut through all the extra superficial stuff to try to get to the core really fast of what really can drive someone. That's a skill. It takes practice. So this means that you may suck at this for a while because it's a skill. It's not knowledge. I talked about it for an hour. That doesn't mean you know how to do it. It means you know a lot about it. You're going to have to practice. It's going to be clumsy. Maybe, maybe you'll ace it tomorrow. I don't know, but I just want to prepare you for this. It may be clumsy. You may dread the conversation. You may be squirming. They may be squirming. There may be a point in the conversation where you have no idea what to say next. That's how it is. That's the falling off the bike on the way to learning how to ride the bike. But after you try it five or 10 times, just keep going. If you need help, you can email me, Slack me, say, hey, I got to this point in the conversation and they said X and I had no idea what to do. I'll be able to tell you, I'll be able to figure it out in about five seconds. I'll be like, oh, ask this question. Why? Because I've done it 10,000 times and that's not an exaggeration. <laughs> okay. So use me, practice it and use me and you'll get better. But you have to be willing to be really bad at it for a while, just like any skill. This whole conversation was because Linda asked one question. <laughs> Thank you, Linda. You're welcome. <laughs> it happens to be one of the most important questions there is uh, because it goes right into self-interest. And really, if you start to look at this, um, I mean, look at any politician, for example. The whole problem with our political system is that our politicians pretend to be serving altruistically. Right. So all of their selfs, all of the greedy backroom deals and the lobbyists, all that stuff, that's all self-serving. Right. While on the face of it, they talk about serving. You never hear a politician talk about what they get out of their office. Right. Why? Why did does uh, I mean, uh, Trump says it between the lines, what he's getting out of his office. But Trump, Obama, uh, Clinton, they never say, hey, just want to take 30 seconds to talk about why I love my job. This is great. You know, it's really cool. I mean, some of the decisions I have are hard, but I could pick up the phone. I heard Obama actually say this once. He said, yeah, I could pick up the phone in my bedroom any time of, uh, any time of day and ask the chef to make something, whatever it is. And then, then I get that. He was like, that's really cool. That was like the one thing I heard in my entire lifetime where a president actually talked about the self-interest and the perks of, of their job. In that same interview, he talked about how a uh, fascinating comment that really stuck with me. He said, by definition, if a decision comes to me, it's a really hard decision. It's a really sobering idea about leadership. The higher up you are on an org chart, the less easy decisions you get. You guys know how this is already, right? When, when someone brings something to you, by definition, it wasn't an easy decision for them. It might be an easy decision for you, but the higher up you are on an org chart, the, the more difficult decisions. Can, and often, like what Obama said in that interview was, the decisions that come to me don't have clear answers. They're always judgment calls. That scared the hell out of me. Imagine having a job like that, a job where the only decisions that come to you are the ones with really unclear answers where you don't know what the right one is. Yikes. Couldn't pay me to have that job. Anyway, that's a sidebar. Let me know how it goes. Use your bias for action. Give it a try. It takes practice, it takes persistence, but 
starts out with just don't be okay with employees not working for themselves. Don't be okay with it. And don't be okay with it for you either. That's where it begins. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Be sure to visit clearandopen.com for the latest tools, articles, and free resources to help you on your journey. Thanks for listening and bye for now.